in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Guys, the Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Bo. And this is Dallin. Guys, welcome on in to another episode of the Sports Hour. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening out there. We are live on the YouTube, on the X formerly known as Twitter, on uh, September the 5th. If you're joining us live tonight on the uh, live stream podcast, episode 176, hello, thanks for joining. Uh, Comment, uh, say hi, interact. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening in the future uh, on the podcast feed, welcome on in. We've got a fun show today. Uh, Mitch, looking even more spectacular than ever, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm a I'm a whore for viewership. I'm a whore for viewership, and I made a promise, and I decided to abide by it. So yeah, uh, that's why I have this this pink cowboy hat on. So there you go, there um, you go, and it looks great like, though. It looks I, great. I mean, I think I look great. I think I look great. I I, I think I look pretty. Um, you, but you I'm pull ready. it off. I'm ready to take it off as soon as possible. So yeah, you know. <laughs> you're already over it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and you know, I, I like that. I I like that we can interact with our viewers this way, Dylan, where we can get a hold of them and we can get um, suggestions for them. And one of our listeners, um, thank you, Michael. By the way, I I I, I did slay that hat. My, my, um, Michael says slay. I agree, Michael. He does. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that we can get input and I love that when we get when we get new viewers and um one of our new viewers who I happen to know, uh I, I made a promise to her last night that I would wear the pink cowboy hat when I opened up the show. I did it. And uh I guess a promise fulfilled. <laughs> there and you go. We will keep it on the side. Maybe I'll put it back on for quick picks. So. Yeah, I was about to say we need it back. So I say quick picks. The hat goes back on. Is it, I, we like that? Yeah, sure. Quick picks. Okay. I'll put it back on for quick picks. So. so stick around through the whole podcast, folks. If you missed in the beginning, tune in live when Mitch puts the pink cowboy hat back on. Michael, uh, hello again. Uh, you did your draft, your fantasy draft. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Uh, let us know what. Uh, give us like on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you feeling in your fantasy team heading into this season? Give us your one to ten rating on your on your fantasy team, and maybe like a player or two that you're particularly excited that you got out of your draft. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and again, thanks for joining tonight, Mitch, the, uh, the, the wrap up of our NFL season preview. Yes. Yes. We have um, the 
pen, is it penultimate or ultimate? The ultimate. The ultimate ending. So yeah. it is the final installment of our NFL preview. We have our NFL awards predictions. Um, and then, Dallin, I am so excited to announce this. We have the return of some of our favorite segments because is because it is that time of year, Dallin. The campus tour is back, and mm-hmm. we also have a long-standing tradition here on the Sports Hour. Our yearly tradition: the quick picks are back. We get to make our quick picks every single year. Find out who picked the best throughout the course of the NFL season. Usually there's a punishment uh, for the loser. One year I had to shave my head. Uh, one year Dallin um, had to be referred to as uh, Professor PP Hands for the entire <laughs> year. Um, so we will determine what the punishment is moving forward. But Dallin, I think that the punishment will decide later on. Let's just get into the quick picks and and start the, kick this NFL season off because down we are two days away, and I could not be more excited for the NFL season. Oh yeah, yeah, cannot wait. Uh, yeah, like Mitch said, and maybe those who aren't familiar, we pick every game, we pick a winner for every game of the NFL season, and we keep our tr- keep track of those records, and we go head to head, Mitch and I, throughout the season. Uh, we do that at the end of every podcast episode, so look forward to that at the end. Uh, Michael got back to us with his rating eight out of 10. That's pretty good. I'd say That's Mitch, good. if you come out of your draft feeling eight out of 10 on the confidence scale, I think you did a good job. I don't know if I've ever come out of the draft with an eight out of 10 rating. I mean, there's always just some, some, like there's a part of my draft. I just hate like that. I love the top four or I love like the middle four. I love the bottom four. Like there's just so yeah. many areas in a draft, especially in like if you're picking 15, 16 guys where you can feel, you know, really unconfident about it. So the fact, Michael, that you feel that good about it, that you have an eight out of 10, that is a great, great start to your NFL season. Just remember you don't win your fantasy football leagues at the draft. Be active in the league and make the trades that are going to push you forward to a fantasy championship. But congratulations, Michael. I'm glad that you feel confident um, in your in your draft this year. Yeah, I love that. Mitch, we had our redraft uh, we did. about a yeah. week ago, a week last Monday. What would you say your confidence scale is coming out of that? Because you, you said you never felt like an eight, so... I would How did say you feel last Monday when we walked away from that draft. And I, I guess I just gauge like, I don't think I, I think a 10 out of 10 is impossible because that sure. would be like a perfect yeah. score. Right. Yeah. And no one ever drafts perfect. So I would say probably like a six, eight is okay. probably where I felt. I okay. loved my first like six rounds. And then there were about four rounds in the middle where I just, I didn't feel super confident. And then I mm. felt like I drafted really well on the back half. So Probably like a six, eight is probably where I'm at. Yeah, I would. Yeah, a six, eight. I would do I like a, that. D- I like if you that. could give yourself a number down, where would that be at? I'd probably say like a seven, two. Okay. Uh, I felt I felt like pretty good. But yeah, there were definitely some parts of the draft that didn't, you know, didn't go great. But overall, like on the uh, overly pause on the. You know, above average on the positive scale, which yeah, all we could ask for. You Your know? gut, everyone's gonna have some icky picks, and you're of just course. like, you're just like, Ugh, I did not feel good about that one, but you <laughs> have to at that point. So yeah, um, love to see it. So thanks, thanks for the it. comment, Michael, and uh, yeah, thanks th- for tuning it, in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, Michael. One of our one of our uh, 
one of our really consistent viewers that yeah. we get a lot of interaction from. So thank you, Michael, for tuning in again and interacting with us. And guys, be more like Michael. If you're tuning in right now, make sure you comment on the live chat. Be a part of the conversation. We would love to hear from you. Dallin, we're just going to jump right into it because it was college football week one. Week zero is fun, but week one is really when the college football season gets its unofficial start. And we had some great games this weekend. And I think that we should uh, take the time to recap a few of these games. And I think we should start with Colorado at number 17 TCU. They were down in Fort Worth this last week, um, taking on the Horn Dogs. Sorry, Horn Frogs. Um, longtime listeners get that reference. Yes. Um, but the, <laughs> the OGs Colora- know. <laughs> Colorado pulling off the upset 45-42. The Buffs getting it done. The Coach Prime era is officially started in Colorado. Um, big games out of Shador Sanders. Big games out of Travis Hunter. Um, I think the first thing we should just start with, Dallin, is our takeaways from both sides of the ball, TCU side, Colorado side, what were we impressed with? What were we not impressed with? Um, let's, let's just start there nice and simple before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of this game, because quite honestly, th- to me, this might've been one of the best games of the weekend was Colorado. Oh, this, TCU. this was game of the week, a hundred percent. And there were some good games out there that, you know, uh, we'll get to some of the other bigger matchups and some, none of those turned out like really competitive or, you know, I guess very interesting down the stretch, but this game was, I mean, this was a, this was a thriller. It was a great way to start off the Saturday morning slate of football. Right. And, uh, you know, to see Colorado come out, I, I think we're overblowing this in a lot of different ways. One, the mm-hmm. way that we talked about like how the turnover, how could they be this good with how many different players they brought in? Well, this was a one win team last year that brought in four and five star talent. So like, yeah, like they 86 be... different players yeah. to this program. So like when you're replacing guys who won one game with Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter, like a five star, one of the top, like, yes, it should be better. It should look much better. But like the question we had, and honestly, the question we still have is how good are they going to be? How how well will they mesh? How good is this Deion Sanders situation going to work out? Well, started off very well, right? Obviously, the defense is a little sus. Eh, that's college football nowadays, unless you're like an SEC powerhouse, right? But the offense was there. The powerhouse, the the firepower was there. Four receivers with over a hundred receiving yards on the game. They only had two all of last season, Mitch. Two gate two gate times where they had multiple receivers have a hundred yard games. This game, they had four receivers eclipse the 100 yard mark. Shadur Sanders threw for over 500 yards in the game four touchdowns. He was incredible. And they pulled off a win. They looked like the team that wanted it more at the end of the day. I honestly, I want to get your thoughts on Colorado and then we can talk about TCU because I honestly take more away. I think this is more about TCU being maybe a little more overrated than it is Colorado being much, much better than maybe we anticipated. That's my takeaway, though. I'd love to hear your thoughts, though, just your reaction to Colorado and the way they came out on Saturday. I, I think, and to drop a little Charles Dickens on you, it's a tale of two cities. I think that there <laughs> is 
definitely two different storylines here. And one of them is that TCU is overrated. I think on the other hand, too, that we really need to take Colorado seriously. This is a hyper-talented team. You mentioned the 400-yard wide receivers in this game. One of them was a running back. Dylan Edwards had a fantastic game, five for 135 and three touchdowns. Um, this was this was a very well-run game. Um, on the coaching end, the players absolutely bought into the system. They are buying into the system. And you know what? Coach Prime has, you know, he has an effect on people. There, Travis Hunter got a lot of flack for turning down D1 offers and going to Jackson State when, when Dion was there. Jackson and Travis Hunter just said, What do you mean? Like, what's the problem with this? I want to go play for Prime. That's what I want. I want to go play for Dion Sanders. And now, and a lot of people called him, you know, called him out for it. Turns out the guy's right. He's playing for the right head coach. This, Dion Sanders has that effect on people and that effect on programs to turn them out in a quick way. Um, I think that Colorado, do I think they're a, a college football playoff candidate? No, I don't. Do I think that they're probably going to lose maybe three or four games this year? Yeah, probably. Do, are they going to be an NBA league pass team in the college football world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Because this team is, he- this team is a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Shador Sanders was Matt was magic. Travis Hunter playing both ways. I think he played like 140 snaps on Saturday. It was like 129 snaps, I think. Yeah, it was I mean, it's just ridiculous. insane. It's nuts. And Not so like, this is just a fun, fun team to watch. And I think it's yeah. one that you're going to want to tune in and watch every week. Colorado's the real deal. Oh, yeah. Colorado is certainly one of the most fun teams this season. That's that's no question. I do think, though, we are a long way from knowing just how good they are. Right. I Because, again, TCU is ranked number 17 heading into this game. And with all the turnover they had from that national championship team last year that got to that title game and lost to Georgia, uh, this is just not the same team. And I get why they were ranked to start the preseason. And I get why they were ranked 17th, because this was the number two team in the country. Right. So how could you you know, what do you do with them the next season? I understand all that, but that always felt false to me. I never thought this was a top 25 team. I think they win no. like seven games this year, you know, bowl eligible. Good, but not, you know, anything competitive. So we won't really know Mitch. Okay. So they, they play, I believe I'm going to pull it up right now because I, I tweeted this out after the game, but uh, I think week four and week five, the, the Buffaloes will play UCLA or, or Oregon and USC yeah. yep. at Oregon in week four and then home against USC in week five. That, we could talk at week five and we'll know how good this team really is until then. I'm just, I'm still just, it's going to be a wait and see for me. The offense is certainly has the firepower. The defense gave up 42 points to DCU. They gave up 260 plus yards on the ground. Uh, you know, they obviously have their deficiencies on that side. So against the Caleb Williams and the Bo Nicks and the Michael Penix, you know, led offenses in the pack 12, how can they hold up? We will see but certainly an impressive start for Colorado in the Deion Sanders era. Oh, it's, it's a huge impressive start. And you know, we maybe week five, we're, you know, going into week five, we're talking about a three and one team because they play Colorado state and they play Nebraska next week. Yeah. And we're talking about maybe a three and one team going into USC. If they don't upset Oregon, which I I, put me on the hype train, they might be capable of doing (laughs) that. I don't know if that's an actual, if, if, if that's, 
truth or not, but you know, put me on the hype train a little bit, but you know, the, the quarterback competition is going to get a lot stiffer for, for Colorado moving forward. And I think that this is a perfect time to move over to TCU because TCU loses Max Duggan after the end of last year, right? He's graduated. He's moved on um, to some form of NFL activity. I don't know if he's a practice squad or a backup guy at this point, um, but Chandler Morris is the new guy under Sander, and he was just really unimpressive. I mean, he had the two interceptions. Granted, that Travis Hunter had the incredible play there inside the 20, um, but a really bad interception there again inside the red zone. And it feels like the TCU, like you said, is just one of those teams that's um, riding the high of being a runner-up to the national championship and maybe is a little bit overrated. Yeah, this is a reset year for them as a program. And of course it would be after all of the talent they lost from a great team that they were able to build, right? So it's going to be a little bit of a step back. It doesn't mean that they'll be bad or maybe even under 500, but uh, it's going to be a step back. Chandler Morris wasn't impressive. The run game was impressive for TCU, but that's about all they had going for them. 10 penalties in the game. They lost the turnover margin. So uh, not very impressive for the team that was in the national championship game. But again, I, like I said, I do think that they were being overrated and overinflated with that number 17 ranking in hindsight at the end of the season. I don't think we're going to look back at this game as some sort of signature win for Colorado. I think we'll just look at it as a good win. Uh, and that's it. Even though maybe afterwards in that moment, after the game, it felt like everyone was talking about it, like some huge upset, like some really big moment. I don't think in hindsight, we'll uh, really see, do it in that same way. See, and I, I laid a little bit on the other side of you because Colorado, like you said, was a one win team last year and they just beat a top 25 ranked team. Even if TCU is overrated, you can right. look at it as a signature win for the program. Maybe oh, not, sure. maybe not Coach Prime and that and that roster because we know how talented they are now and how well coached they are. But as for the program as a whole, I think that you could look at, at it in that sense. Um, but yeah, I think history is not going to play kind to this game because we're just going to realize that TCU was overrated to begin with. So yeah. Uh, speaking of overrated, Mitch, I want to get up to the other big yes! upset. Um, and that's uh, the Clemson Tigers, number nine Clemson falling to Duke last night. Uh, this was a Monday night game uh, on Feb uh, September 4th. Uh, but Duke upsets number nine Clemson uh, 28 to seven in a pretty dominant uh, performance. And uh, listen, uh, I I have been off of Clemson for the whole offseason. I haven't been a believer. I'm all in on Florida State. We'll get to the Seminoles in just after this because uh, they impressed this weekend. But Clemson did not. Um, and what who did impress was Duke, Mitch, the, the sleeper team in the ACC I gave you heading into this season. Riley Leonard, the sleeper quarterback you needed to know about, this Duke Blue Devils team. Uh, and they came out and made a big statement on Monday night to kick the season off with a win over the top 10 ranked Clemson Tigers. Uh, it moved them into the top 25. We'll talk about the AP poll, the first non-preseason edition of the AP poll a little bit later. But uh, very big win for Duke. What were your takeaways from this? Is this, uh, let's start with the Clemson side of this. Um, yeah. because I, I've got to pull up our, our college. Maybe you can remind me. You did not have Clemson at the top, right? No, I think they're overrated. I thought they were okay. overrated. So, and yeah, it, this just kind of fortifies my argument of why they are overrated. Clemson was, I've never liked Cade Klubnik. I've no. never liked Kate Klubnik. I did not think he was the an the right answer after G DJ Uyunglele left. 
Um, Will Shipley's great. Will Shipley's great, but that's not going to be enough on that offense to to carry you. You have to have a guy that can perform under center and take the ball in pressure situations or on third down situations. And Cade Klubnik is just not that. Cade Klubnik, excuse me, that's a tough name, cannot do that. He just he, he's, he's just not capable of doing that. He was really unimpressive. Not that Riley Leonard was any more impressive, but no, it wasn't I, a great I, game. Clemson's offense was embarrassing. And quite honestly, chalk this up to Duke's defense because Duke played exceptionally well on the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball. Um, and it was uh, it was just a all around bad day for Clemson. I think they'll win eight or nine games, but damn them being in the top 10 right now and then getting upset by unranked Duke is a really, really embarrassing, tough start for the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, you know, it's in the weak ACC. Yeah, this will definitely be an eight or nine win team because you get, you know, they'll, they'll cruise through most of their schedule. But right. Uh, I, yeah, I think this proves that they're not really a contender at the top. They're certainly not a college football playoff contender like people wanted to discuss them as. Uh, and if anything, I think this speaks more to how good Duke really is. Uh, and they did get their just due by getting into the top 25. And we'll see how they continue throughout their season. But a very big moment for the Blue Devils to earn this win over a top 10 team. Prove just how good that Mike Elko led team was. That leap that they took last year to bowl eligibility to eight plus wins. And it wasn't a fluke. You know, it wasn't just Duke having a, a fluky good year that no, this is a team that's trending in the right direction. And even though Riley Leonard didn't have a great game, I still I still think he was impressive in the poise. He showed his ability on the ground. There's a reason why the common comp with him is Daniel Jones. Uh, and it's not just because of the Duke quarterback thing, but also that ability to get out and make plays with his feet as well as through the air. Uh, and he showed that on Monday night. So, uh, yeah, this Duke team is legit. That's what I take away from this. And this Clemson team is not. They were always overrated. And I'm glad, Mitch. I'm just glad in week one they got exposed. So now we don't have to, like, fake it for the rest of the season. You know, we like, right. okay, Duke's not or Clemson's not real. Let's, you know, now we can move on. So I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. <laughs> I think that you hit the nail on the head, too, with Riley Leonard. He could afford to use his legs a little bit more, cut down on the bad decision-making, and we, we'll be looking at a really, really solid collegiate quarterback is yep. in Riley Leonard, for sure. Duke, they're impressive. Who would have thunk? There College, college basketball school. They're a basketball school, and they look impressive. How about that? <laughs> down. Not just a basketball school, I guess. <laughs> Not just. Apparently, they're, uh, apparently they're good with the odd shaped balls as well um dallin let's get into the next week's game we're going to be looking at uh lsu lsu and florida state number eight florida state now ranked number eight um no they were ranked number eight or were ranked number eight takes on um number five lsu um lsu another team that i thought was just overrated as well Mm -hmm. just really really overrated they get the job done 45 24 um let's start let's start with the lsu tigers let's start with the lsu tigers because i think that's a good fair place to start Jaden daniels the offense runs through him the offense runs through Jaden daniels brian thomas jr was great but you know someone's got to get him the ball at some point and Jaden Daniels is the entire offense of this LSU Tigers team. And that's just not going to be sustainable, especially at the college level and the long run. Um, 
are we I mean it was it's clear that the college football committee was way too high on LSU um is it time to start shaming all the other people in the world that were high on LSU going into the season or do we need to wait a, a, another week or so yeah you know I, I you know it's kind of hard because on the one hand you want to give them some benefit of the doubt considering they lost to a top 10 team that looked extremely impressive and looks like should be a playoff contender. So it's not a, you know, horrible loss. Like you lost to an unranked or whatever, you know, a bad team, but they were certainly not impressive a team against a team. They should be at least at the very least competitive with. So yeah, I do think it is concerning for LSU uh, at the same time though, uh, as we've talked about with the sec, it very much feels super top heavy. And are they still in that top tier or top two tiers of the SEC? Yeah, probably. Um, I, I do think this just uh, shows I, I, there's a lot of credit that came to them for the end of last season. They ended the season very strong, got to the SEC championship game. Jane Daniels played really well down the stretch. And I think a lot of voters and people saw the end of last season and thought, oh, it'll just continue into 2023 and boom, here you go. Jane Daniels coming from ASU, I never was confident. He was just okay in Arizona State. Top recruit, all this talent, but never did anything at ASU. And then comes to LSU with a ton more talent and obviously had a good season last year, but I just don't think he is that type of guy. I really don't. So I'm not really surprised by this outcome, I guess. Will they still be competitive in the SEC? Yeah, I think so. But I've always felt like, and I know you are the same, that it's Georgia and Alabama at the top and then a gap. And I think this probably proved that uh, this weekend. Yeah, th- there's no way they, re- they repeat as SEC West champions. There's no. just no way. There's just no way in hell. Uh, if As we move over to the Florida State side, a team that you and I were both high on, a team that uh, that we both thought was going to make this leap with Jordan Travis. Um, Jordan Travis looked fantastic. 23 for 31, four touchdowns. He did have the interception. Um, but this was kind of a harken back to kind of Bobby Bowden era FSU. They were they were not scared, scared to throw the ball, played great defense. Um, and FSU looks like a really, really formidable um top 10 type of team uh a top 10 ranking kind of type of team after this first week yeah i certainly don't think florida state is perfect um you know i think jordan travis he had some shaky moments at the end of the second quarter some bad decision making other than that obviously a very good game uh johnny wilson the big six seven wide receiver also mm-hmm. had some big moments but also had some very blatant just drops uh just very costly drops that he should have had so uh, I do think this is not a perfect team, but Florida State showed you why they are a playoff contender, why they should be the favorite in the ACC, in my opinion. They were my preseason pick. Jordan Travis is my preseason Heisman pick. Uh, I am very high in Florida State, and I love how they came out uh, with a dominant win over LSU, proving just how talented they are. Now, again, they'll have to do their work against the rest of the ACC, but earning this huge non-conference win against an SEC powerhouse to start off the season Big for them. Shout out to Keon, uh, Keon Coleman, by the way. Uh, the Eastern Michigan transfer had uh, a ton of potential landing spots. Everybody wanted this kid in the transfer portal. 
He ends up at Florida State to join Jordan Travis and had three touchdowns over 100 yards. He was huge in this game. Uh, he's one of those players to keep an eye on as far as the NFL draft goes at the wide receiver position. Uh, definitely a prospect in the first to second round range that uh, I think teams are going to really, really like. And a name, especially after this performance, that will rise up draft boards. So very impressed with Florida State. Yeah, very, very impressive. Keep your eye on Keon Coleman. Absolutely. Keep your eye on him. Guys, impressive. Yeah. And Johnny Wilson. What's guy like six eight? Yeah, he's, like he's st- wild. Stupid big. Yes. Yeah. Stupid it's, big. It's, it's crazy. Mitch. The the only other thing out of this week that uh, I just thought was interesting, we wanted to mention uh, the Pac twelve, the final season, the swan song of the Pac twelve. Uh, has not lost this college football season yet. They are 13 and 0 as a conference. USC's 2 and 0 because they played in week zero, and everybody else walked out of week one with a dub 13 and 0 in the Pac 12 in their final season. This is going to be the probably the most talented Pac 12 we've ever seen, and it won't exist next year. Crazy. Yeah, very crazy. I mean, that's going to change really quick. I mean, both Arizona teams, Wazoo. Stanford, Cal, not impressive programs. Yes. Um, certainly but, be L's. <laughs> but you know what? It, a, a good, solid start week one for the Pac-12 in their swan song season. It, it, it's good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Don't get used to it, though. Don't get used no. to it. It's going to change really quick. Going to get changed really quick. Uh, Dallin, AP poll. The new AP poll is out this week. And FSU. Jumping into a top five, a team we just talked about. They jump up to, from number eight to number four. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee also gets themselves inside the top ten, as well as Notre Dame. Um, I mean, look, Notre Dame had the had the kind of cakewalk first few games. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking at a... a we're, I think we're looking at a really, really solid Notre Dame team. I think this is the most interesting team that jumped into the top 10 because um, with the Sam Hartman addition to this to this program, with the emergence of Audric Estime, um, I feel like this is an offense that's going to be really, really hyper-productive. Um, and, and the coaching was a big issue last year, right? The coaching was a huge issue, and I think that it seems like Notre Dame has really, really turned a corner Um to solidify themselves as a top 10 team in the nation. Um, very impressive first few wins, but we also have to keep in mind that it was against Navy and Tennessee State. So um, their big test will be, I think their first big test will actually be next week against North Carolina. So, um, you know, are there any of these three teams that jump into the top 10 that stick out to you the most as maybe the most intriguing? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I think FSU getting into the top four is big. I think it's well-deserved. I'm glad the committee not only got them into the top five, but the votes got them into the top four. I liked that a lot. I was more interested in the fact that Tennessee and Notre Dame jumped ahead of Texas. Texas was ranked 11. Uh, Notre Dame was 12, or it was right before them. I believe Notre Dame was ranked behind them and actually jumped ahead of them, if I remember right. Uh, but interesting to see Texas stay where they were at at 11. Not that they had an impressive win over Rice or anything, but, you know, the voters, Mitch, this is how things go. You got the Alabama matchup next week. Wouldn't we have loved to build that as a top 10 matchup? I mean, right? yeah. You know, and then they end up 11th. I was like, oh, usually that we sort of make those things happen. I was, you know, I thought that that was more interesting than not. At the end of the day, these are just teams that didn't really play, uh, didn't have very impressive wins. Uh, 
not a lot to glean from those, uh, in my opinion. Uh, just more interesting to see who's moved up. Obviously, as Clemson uh, and uh, LSU moved out of the top 10, somebody had to replace them. LSU falls to 14. Clemson fell all the way to 25, barely uh, making it in the rankings after their losses. Uh, two teams fell out, Mitch. TCU, after their uh, loss to Colorado and Iowa, the Hawkeyes, who were ranked 25, got a win over Utah State, still fell out of the rankings as Duke and Colorado moved in. Duke to 21, Colorado to 22. How do you feel about those spots for Duke and Colorado? I like it. I like I like that a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of people that say that Colorado is maybe a little bit too high. Maybe it hasn't deserved that top 25 ranking yet. But you knock off a top 25 team with the hype that Colorado got, maybe the votes are warranted for them to get into the top 25. Um, yep. On the road. It, on, on the, the road. road. At a ranked team, you know, maybe they're warranted to get into that top 25. The TCU thing absolutely makes sense. They were 17, get them out of there. And then Iowa's win was unimpressive. I mean, it's just, there were, there were much more impressive teams um, that I think deserve to be in that top 25 over Iowa. So um, I have no problem with where Duke and Colorado are at. I don't know if you feel the same or not, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think Colorado, I don't know. Do they quote unquote deserve to be ranked at the top 25? I mean, maybe not, but you could probably say that about a dozen other teams in the top 25 at this point of the season. So I'm fine with it. I'm just glad they weren't ranked in the top 20. Cause I knew, I thought they were going to end up at like 18 or something. Like they were going to oh. jump up into the top 20 and I would have, I would have pushed back on that 22 though. Fine with me. Yeah. Fine with me. So, yeah. I would have pushed back on that too. I think yeah. 22 seems just about right. Um, Dallin, speaking of teams that have upset other ones, let's get into the return of the college football trivia question of the week presented by absolutely nobody. Uh, still waiting for that sponsorship if anyone's interested. Go ahead and sponsor this segment, the college football trivia question of the week. Dallin, are you ready? I am. So TCU is the highest ranked team that Colorado has beaten since 2009 when they beat number 17 Kansas mm. 34 to 30 the highest ranked team it has been beaten that it has beaten on the road ever or the highest ranked team has ever beaten on the road yes ever was this number 12 ranked team in 2001 ooh 2001 so they would have they would have been that's like big 12 era nebraska or sorry big 12 era colorado i'm saying nebraska because that was my first thought because i know they were i know the 90s nebraska was good i don't know about 2001 nebraska being ranked in the top 12 uh sure we'll go nebraska i'll go i'll go 2001 nebraska i think that's a good guess and you're in the right conference you're in the right conference this is number 12 kansas state Kansas, Kansas well, State. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Kansas there State in 2001 beat them 16 to 6 on the road. Number 12 ranked Kansas State. So, nice. um that was college football trivia question of the week. My one Love. of my favorite quick segments that we do is this one right here. Love I to get see the it. chance to to see okay, my friend who works in college football, let's test his college football knowledge. I love it. We love trivia. We love trivia. Mitch, the MVP of the week. Every week on the campus tour, guys, we will give you our MVP 
for the week. Mitch and I both get to give this award to a player. I'll let you go first, my friend. Who's your MVP from week one? Oh, boy. Well, you know, I could easily pick Travis Hunter. But we just talk so much about him that I think that's a given that he's one of the MVPs of the week, right? The, the play on both sides of the ball. But let's give a little shout out to Coastal Carolina's Clayton Isbell. Clayton Isbell, cornerback from Coastal Carolina, nine tackles, three interceptions last week. Um, just absolutely lit it up on the defensive side of the ball. Coastal Carolina still gets the loss, but an exceptional performance from performance from Clayton Isbell. I'm going to throw him in as my MVP of the week. Love that. I mean, putting up that performance against a power five team when you're coming out of coastal Carolina, that's it's impressive. We love the group of five. I like that. You gave a shout out to the group of five, Mitch. Yes. Love I, that. You have um, to have to. My MVP of the week is Shadur Sanders. Uh, I, I'm going to mention, I have an honorable mention. I'll, I'll give somebody else, but yeah, I mean, if, when you throw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, setting records in your first game as a Colorado at Colorado. I mean, he was my sleeper quarterback in the Pac-12 this year because of the unknown. We knew how much talent he possessed, the potential he had. What was it going to look like at the Power 5 level in this new uh, situation? Well, game one, so far so good. Not uh, What I was most impressed, just how poised he was, how in control he was. Uh, you know, you thought he played and, and obviously he came with Dion. This is a system he's familiar with, but I've, you could tell how familiar and comfortable he was there with that offense uh, and just made all the right decisions. And that, I thought that was extremely impressive from Shador. So uh, he is the MVP for the week, but I want to give an honorable mention to Layatu Latu. Uh, speaking of that UCLA Coastal Carolina game, a UCLA edge slash linebacker. Latu had three sacks in that win against the Chanticleers. Uh, Latu is an interesting prospect when it comes to the NFL draft. He is ranked in the top 25 of the consensus big board 24 and actually is the top linebacker uh, again, linebacker edge. It's like a three, four, but he's listed ahead of Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Charter jr. On the consensus big board. Uh, but Latu, one of those first round, second round type talents at edge that is intriguing. A great way to start his season off with three sacks in his first game. So I wanted to give a shout out to him too. Got to give, got to give the love, got to give the love to the defensive side of the ball, especially when they shot like that. That's that's a great one. That's a great one. Dallin, upset of the week. Upset of the week. I don't have this game pulled up, so I'm looking for it right now. But it is Texas State over Baylor. Yeah. Baylor, one of those programs that seems to be perennially overrated mm. each year. Um, and they get upset by Texas State, the lowly Texas State. Yeah. Bobcats? Bobcats? Texas State uh, Bobcats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. 42-31. They led 28-13 to at halftime. This wasn't like a double overtime field goal to win it upset that Texas State got of Baylor. They went to Waco and dominated the Baylor Bears for the whole game. An extremely impressive win for Texas State and an absolutely abysmal performance from the Baylor Bears. What are you doing? I mean, this was the Big 12 champion just two seasons ago. <laughs> and last year, they had a very disappointing season, uh, not starting <laughs> off 2023 on a, good, on a good note. No, not at all. Not at all. And you know what? I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there that expect big things from Baylor this year anyway. So um 
let's just start the season off right by getting her ass kicked by Texas State. Let's there just kick it off the right way and get her ass kicked um, by a G5 school. It, it in the most no, they're not even G5. Are they double A? They are. They are. They're Sun Belt. Oh, they're Sun Belt. Yep. Okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. they are G5 school. Let's let's start the year off right by getting ki- our ass kicked by a G5 school. Love it. Not a great look. Not a great look. Not- uh, Mitch, uh, we've got a uh, few things to wrap up the campus tour. This I'm very excited about. We we talked about the quick picks earlier. We love making picks on this podcast. So part of the campus tour last season, we incorporated our games to watch this week. So to remind you folks who were here last year, or maybe if you weren't, uh, we will pick five games every week that Mitch and I will pick a winner for. Uh, we have a little point system for this. We pick these games straight up. You get a point if you if, if you get it right. No points if you get it wrong. Uh, but every week, we each get one lock. We get to lock one of our picks in every single week. And that lock, you have to not only lock in the just the straight-up winner, but also uh, the line. You know, if uh, Alabama's favored by 12 and you want to pick the Crimson Tide, then you got to lock in a number. If it's over, then you're locking in Alabama winning by 12. If you hit that lock, you get three points. But if you miss it, you get minus one. So it's a risk, a risk reward there with the lock. Uh, this is this is so fun. We love this. Mitch kicked my ass in this last year. Uh, 49 points to 29 points on the season. Uh, Mitch just obliterated me in the college pick. So I'm looking for redemption, honestly, this year. <laughs> I, I need I need to step up my game. It's, it's the Dallin, the Dallin Graff redemption tour right now. Yeah, the revenge tour 2023. It's coming. Yeah, okay. All uh, right. <laughs> I mean, we we got some great games, too. We got five games every week that we're going to be doing this with, and we got some great ones for you this week. Down, let's kick it off with number 11, Texas, heading over to Tuscaloosa. They're going to number three, Alabama. This the Right now, Alabama favored, minus seven. I love, love, love the Texas quarterback room. I think it's great. I think that they have a really, really solid quarterback room with a ton of talent in it, but it's nothing compared to that damn tide that we got over there in Tuscaloosa. Let me roll with my Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll damn tide. Give me Alabama in this game. And you know what? I'm blocking it. They're covering minus seven in this one. I think I I just got to come right out of the gate with a heavy one. Let me lock Alabama minus seven on this one. I love it. I, I was hoping you would lock Bama on the first one because it seems fitting as the Alabama fan. Yeah, you'd sure, lock absolutely. them in here. Yeah. And, uh, this is obviously matchup of the week, the Longhorns and the Crimson Tide. This was one of the best games in college football last year when this yes. was played on the 40 acres, right? This one back at Bryant-Denny Stadium, uh, a future SEC matchup as the Longhorns and Oklahoma will join the SEC next year. So a little you know, a little teaser for us of what's to come on a more regular basis, but I am not a believer in the Longhorns this season. I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people are talking themselves into Texas as a big 12 champion, as a college football playoff contender. I am not. I do think this is obviously a very good team, and I think they'll be competitive with the Crimson Tide in this one. But I do not think that they will prevail. I am going with Alabama in this one. No lock for me. I will just take the pick. Alabama over Texas. Jalen Milrow gets it done at home. 
you mentioned that game from last year and my heart palpitated a little bit because I just it was a, I remember I, it had me so scared. I was watching that game. It had me so scared. I think it wound up being 2019. They won on the game winning field goal. And I was just so damn nervous the entire <laughs> game because Bryce Young couldn't figure it the fuck out the entire time. It was driving me nuts. Jalen Milrow, by the way, I do want to say, because there was the big quarterback controversy mm-hmm. in Alabama, Jalen Milrow is my guy. Jalen Milrow is my guy. I love Tyler Buckner. I love Ty Simpson. But Jalen Milrow, that's the right man for the job. I love him at under center for us. Well, we will see next week how he performs against Texas. By the way, Michael, tune in, uh, chiming in, hook him horns, he says. So, oh, and Mitch gives him the horns down. Dude, wow. Mike, Mike, you are my favorite, and now we're on bad terms. We're on bad Uh-oh. terms, brother. We're on Enemies bad terms. have been made. You love to oh. see. This is what's great about sports. This week, you guys are going to be mortal enemies. After the game's over, back to friendly. Uh, Michael, but this week, D- DM me. We're going to have words. We're going to have words, buddy. <laughs> there you we're going to have words. Uh, Mitch, uh, <laughs> next up on our matchups, we've got number 20, Ole Miss headed down to Louisiana to take on number 24, Tulane, the New Year's Six representative out of the group of five, the American Athletic Conference champion from last year, Tulane, led by the great quarterback, Michael Pratt. Uh, the, uh, the Green Wave trying to take down an SEC team at home. Ole Miss favored in this game, minus seven and a half. Uh, Ole Miss came into the season with a number of quarterbacks they brought in to potentially challenge the incumbent starter, Jackson Dart. Uh, Well, after last week's performance, Jackson Dart has earned that job. Lane Kiffin said as much. He will be the starter moving forward, uh, which, you know, we had Spencer Sanders, the former Oklahoma State quarterback. He had Will Howard, the former LSU quarterback. A lot of talent in there. I was always curious on how that would shake out, but it is Dart at the helm. And this is a very good matchup. If you're a college football fan out there looking for something to uh, to watch this weekend, a game that you don't want to miss. Uh, besides, obviously, Alabama, Texas, I think this one is it. Uh, this is a uh, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on ESPN2. Mitch, I'll make my pick first here. I'm going Tulane. I'm picking, I'm picking the green wave in this. I think Ole Miss is a very talented team. I think they've got offensive firepower to compete in college football. But I just really believe in this Tulane team. I think they are the best group of five team. I think they will repeat as the New Year's Six representative. Uh, and uh, I think this is their signature win on the season. So give me Tulane at home. Michael Pratt is legit. That guy's legit. I mean, that's this is a no-joke quarterback. I'm with you 100% of the way, buddy. I think that Tulane is completely capable of covering this spread, but I've already locked in, so I'm going to stay uh, <laughs> just with Tulane outright. I, I, if I could, I would take them plus seven and a half, but my locks used up. So, uh, but I'm going to roll with the green wave here. I think that they get this done over Ole Miss. Ole Miss, another one of those teams. I think that's just slightly overrated. I think that they're, I think that they're going to be good. I don't think that they're going to be top 25 good. So, mm. um, I think that Tulane has enough to get it done. Michael Pratt's the real deal. I'll take the green wave. There you go. Uh, following that game, Dallin. Not really following. I'm not even sure what time this game starts, but we got another good one for you. We got number 19, Wisconsin. They're traveling over to Wazoo to take on the Washington State Cougars. Um, right now, the Coug- right now Wisconsin favored at minus six and a half. Wisconsin looked impressive. I think that they I think that they're 
they stuck to what traditional Wisconsin football looks like really, really well last year, which or last week, which was just run the football, play good defense. I think they did that really, really well. Um, I like Wisconsin in this one, minus six and a half. Um, another team that I think can very easily cover this spread, but I'm going to take Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, Wisconsin's one of our uh maybe not favorites in the preseason out of the big 10, but certainly one of those teams that could make some noise with Luke fickle, uh, the new head man there, but Washington state's no joke. I think that they are a competitive sneaky team in, in a very talented pack 12. And you're talking about a big 10 team on the road headed to the Palouse. You know, they don't travel like this very often. It's not easy to get to Pullman. There's not much out there. Uh, this is not just an easy matchup. I don't think Wisconsin covers, but Wisconsin is going to win. Uh, I'm, there's no lock for me on this. I'm going to take the Badgers, but I will say that they will not cover the minus six and a half. I think this is like a three point game, but Wisconsin survives on the road. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, Mitch, number 13, Oregon. Th- I was looking forward to this matchup almost more than any heading into last week. Definitely okay. a bit of a damper on it after Texas Tech fell to Wyoming on the road. But number thir- 13, Oregon, uh, headed to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Uh, and obviously the Red Raiders lost to Wyoming in the opening week. Not a great win. Not a great way to start their season off. And now they have to host the Oregon Ducks who put an 81 piece. They're freaking Kobe Bryant out there putting up 81 on Portland State. Where's Jalen Rose when you need him? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, not a good situation for the Red Raiders here. But like I said with Wisconsin, I think this is a tricky situation. Traveling to Lubbock, Oregon, you know, traveling out there to play this game on the road. You came off this huge win against Portland State. Where's, you know, where where does reality sit in? What? How does Texas Tech bounce back after a really disappointing loss? I think this game could be a close one. It could be competitive. I don't think it's like a full blowout. I am going to go with Oregon, and I'm taking the lock on this one. This is going to be my lock, Oregon minus six and a half. Give me the Ducks to win by seven. You know, I'm going with you with Oregon on this one, Dallin. I don't think they cover. Okay. I think that this Texas Tech team, tough loss last week, but I think that they're a lot sneakier than people are going to give them uh, credit for. And I think Tyler Shaw, is it show or Shaw? Shuck. Shuck. Oh, shuck. Yes. I know that's not how I would have pronounced that name. There's a GH in there. It is Tyler Shuck. So there you go. Okay. I, yeah, that's not how I would pronounce that (laughs) with him ever. Um, I think that this, this guy is super talented. He was 31 for 47, 338 and three last week. The guy's got a ton of talent. I think he keeps this semi close. Oregon gets brought down a little bit of rung. You know, gets brought down a couple rungs after that 81 point performance against Portland State. Um, and Tyler Shuck and the and the Red Raiders give him a run for this their money. I'm taking Oregon, but I don't know if Oregon will cover this one. Yeah. I like that thought, Mitch, too. Shuck, a former Oregon duck, one time starter, followed up Justin Herbert, but lost the job and ended up transferring. So, you know, a little revenge opportunity for Shuck here against his former team to show him, hey, here's what you're missing here. He could have exactly. a big game. I like that. I like that call. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Dallin, last game of the week, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers. Matt Rules 
Cornhuskers. They're going to head over to Boulder, and they are taking on the Buffs. Number 22, Colorado Coach Prime and his Buffs are taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. This was, outside of the Alabama game, this was the easiest pick of the week for me. I'm riding high. I'm on the hype train. Give me the Buffs to cover. I know I can't lock them, but I'm going to pick them to cover. They're minus three and a half right now. I love this Colorado team. And you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, Nebraska wasn't that impressive. They just weren't. No. Not so at all. um I, I think that this could be another this could be a blowout win for Colorado and a great uh momentum builder, a great morale builder to get a big win like this over a power five school like Nebraska. I, I really, really, really like Colorado in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna roll with uh Colorado in this game, especially at home. Though I do think that this one will be a competitive game. I, I don't think this is a blowout. I think we see maybe uh, not as smooth of a performance offensively for the uh, for Colorado in this game. Uh, Nebraska lost 13-10 in their opener against Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's not great, but it's a pretty good performance by that defense. I think Nebraska's defense will certainly give them more trouble than TCU's defense did. Uh, but obviously the firepower that Colorado has is certainly more than enough. And uh, trust me, as a guy who who watched a team coached by Matt Rule for the last couple of years, I'm not going to have much faith in Matt Rule coached teams for a minute. So uh, right. I'm definitely rolling with Colorado in this one. And I think this would be a good reset game for Colorado's defense because they, yeah. they, they did not play well against TCU. I think TCU took advantage of a lot of their holes that they have. Um, but this Nebraska offense is so bad. That I think it's it tough. gives, yeah. It, I think it gives them a good opportunity to have a good reset week and and really work on some things and and really turn the corner as far as the defense goes. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Mitch. To wrap up the campus tour, uh, we have to do as we have for the past few years our player to know before the NFL draft. Uh, every week on the campus tour, I will give you a player that uh, you just gotta. Keep an eye on heading into the NFL draft this year. Uh, in years past, I've I've focused on a mix of higher end prospects with some of those uh, rising names, unfamiliar names. I think with my big boards and the other draft content I'm doing, I will focus more on outside uh, the top 20, top 10, 15 kind of guys and really try to highlight some more other players in this segment moving forward. And this week, we are going to start with a wide receiver who made an appearance in my first uh, top 25 big board uh, right on the edge of it. In fact, he was uh, the final name in there. Number 25, as you can see on the screen. Now I'm sharing the article on the sports hour guys. Wordpress.com. Roma Dunze, the wide receiver out of Washington. Uh, he is the first entry on this year's players to know before the NFL draft six, three, 200 pound wide receiver in his fourth season. For the Huskies, played four games as a freshman in 2020, counted as his red shirt. 2021 had you know some playing time, got a mix of it. Last year really broke out with Michael Penix, led the team in receiving yards with 1,100, second in receptions, receptions with 75. He was a third-team All-American, uh, first-team All-Pac-12 last year, and comes into the season with a ton of hype and a ton of expectations already showing well in week one he put up seven receptions for 132 yards and a touchdown in Washington's win 
over Boise State, but uh, Roma Dunsey, I what I like, um, what I like about this wide receiver class is like all of these past wide receiver class, very diverse, lots of different talents. Uh, I think Adunze has a lot of talents, a lot of uh, attributes that you want to see in modern wide receivers. He's got good hands. He's got good speed. He, he's more of an all around. I don't look at him as a guy that has one big skill set. He's not like a take the top off the offense particular kind of guy. He's not just a pure possession type receiver. He's not a true X on the outside, but he just does a lot of things very well. He does have good speed. You saw that in the last game against Boise state that take the top off speed uh, to get uh, down the field, but also has very reliable hands uh, can catch in traffic has some run after the catch ability, though not a ton, not the most dynamic player, but a solid player. It's why he's not going to be at the top of draft boards because there's no physical traits that really make him stand out when you're comparing him to his peers. But what he does is everything really well. And when I looking at a wide receiver at the next level, especially in that late first range, which again, right now I have him 25 on my big board, uh, the uh, consensus big board, at wide receiver, I believe has him a little bit lower than that. Uh, I think he's in the third. Uh, no, he's 23 on the consensus board. So again, right in that range, I think in that range is the perfect spot for a Dunze, uh, a Dunze, excuse me. Uh, one of the best wide receivers in college football. I believe he will be a first round pick in this next year's draft. Does a lot of things really well, not flashy, but gets the job done. And that's what you love to see. Also has a great name. Uh, and you can't go wrong with that. So Roma Dunze, the first selection and the player to know before the NFL draft in 2023. I love it. I love it, Dallin. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we've seen this type of production out of him before. We saw it last year, 75 receptions, 1145 yards and seven touchdowns. The guy can put the numbers out, but I think you said it perfectly. He's not going to stand out above the rest of the crowd, but he does everything right. He just, he's such a solid, complete player. Um, that you know, guys are gonna, you know, a lot of NFL teams come draft season, they're probably not gonna be able to resist this guy. He's just, he's a really, really solid player. So I love that. I love that as your first uh, addition into players to know. Thanks. It felt like a good place to start off. I'm looking forward to this every week again. And like I said, I think this week I'm gonna stay away from the top 15 prospects, those names that you will become familiar with by April, uh, and try to help highlight some other names, other players out there, risers in the draft process, process sleepers, perhaps. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll always have fun with that. So uh, Mitch, that's the campus tour. Uh, it's time for a break. We gotta, we gotta take a, take a break here, hit the mid roll. We're an hour in. We appreciate you guys joining. If you're listening live again on the YouTube, Twitter, we appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we appreciate you listening as well, but we'll take this break real quick. And on the other side, Mitch, NFL award predictions and our NFL quick picks for week one. It's here. The NFL season is a few days away and we're going to get ready for it on the other side. So stick around and we'll be right back.
Welcome back. Ooh, I have some smooth jazz created by your boy DOP. Doing the opposite of people's expectations, right, Dallin? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We need Dallin. that non copyright music, Mitch. That's right. We can't afford copy <laughs> strikes. Copyright strikes. for it. Um, Guys, we hope you enjoyed your little break there, and welcome back. And thanks for sticking around with us, if you're still sticking around with us. And thanks for listening to this podcast in the audio form. If you're doing that in the future, Dallin, we let's let's wrap up our NFL preview prediction stuff. It is NFL award prediction time for us. Six different categories, MVP. Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Just like we always have, just like God intended, it is time for us to make our award predictions. And, um, I, I mean, what what goes into consideration for you when considering these types of uh, these types of award predictions? Are you getting saucy with it? Are you going chalk? I mean, what what kind of thought considerations go into mm. this? Yeah, that's hard because it is. I feel like it's kind of a mix of those, right? I mean, on the one hand, I love this as an opportunity to stake a claim on a player I think is going to break out, somebody who I think is going to have a really defining season. Uh, and so, you know, when you think of like MVP, for example, you know, it, it's a chance to sort of do that uh, on these rookies, a chance to plant a flag on the rookie. Uh, I made all my picks before, I, but then I did look at the uh, betting odds afterwards to see yes. where I aligned. I was surprised. I thought in my head I was taking more sleeper picks. And then when I looked at odds, I was like, oh, no, these aren't really sleeper picks at all. These are all pretty like heavy favorite guys. Maybe not the top right. top, but pretty heavy favorite. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we differ on on these. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that the betting odds definitely play a factor for me too. I think that, um, kind of like what you like, kind of along the same lines of like you think you know who you're taking, and then you kind of think up that you see the odds, and you kind of start to think about it a little bit more. You're mm -hmm. just like, mm, okay, do I really believe this, or am, can I can I stake my you know stake my flag down on someone? that I might be kind of high on. And I, and I love that. So um, this is why this is a fun exercise for us because we kind of get to uh, make the saucy, I call them saucy, but spicy <laughs> hot takes um, to get the thought provoking um, conversations going with our viewers. And if you have anything that you would like to add as a viewer, please get at us on any of our socials or right here on the live stream. We would love to hear it from you. Dallas, yes. let's get right into it let's start at the top with mvp and Dang. i think that there are probably about 10 correct answers for this one i'm just curious to know which one of those 10 did you go with <laughs> well uh i i looked back at i wanted to look back at last year's picks too uh just in the hindsight of what we picked before last season it was interesting last year we had a consensus yeah. on our mvp pick yeah uh, we both picked josh allen to be the MVP of last year. And I think that was obviously a very good pick, made a lot of sense and, you know, ended up being what he was third or was, did Burrow end up third? I can't remember if Allen or Burrow was third, but either way, obviously Allen third. Yeah. always in the conversation. But uh, this year, Mitch, I'm riding with the Bengals for the Super Bowl. I'm riding with Cincinnati to be the number one seed in the AFC. And I'm riding with Joe Burrow, the Tiger King to win his first 
MVP. I think this is mm. Cincinnati's year to make a big statement. So I'm picking Joe Burrow as my MVP pick for the 2023 season. I mean, how could you not? I mean, the guy's just not to say that you took a chalk pick, but like the guy's just so damn good. Yeah. How could you not think that he was or feel that he could be a favorite here in this one? Right now, he's plus 650 in Vegas. Um, his second best odds to win the MVP. I think that's a fantastic pick. And you know, if the guy strings together a season like he has over the last couple of years uh, and stays injury free, the the sky is the limit for this kid. And MVP is definitely in the realm of possibilities for Joe Burrow. Yeah, Mitch. What about you? Who is your pick? I'm. I was so tempted to stake my flag on Josh Allen one more time because <laughs> I have the Bills winning the Super Bowl. I've picked him for four straight years. I picked him again this year to win the Super Bowl. I am not going to go with Josh Allen here, though. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Okay. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. And I, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know I love me some Jalen Hurts. I love this guy. His skill set, I think he is Lamar 2.0 as far as athleticism. I think he's a better arm talent. I I just love everything about this guy. And Jalen Hurts just fits the mold perfectly for me. He's plus 1,200 right now, fifth best odds at Vegas to win the MVP. And I think if you're going to put some money down on Jalen Hurts to win MVP, this is the guy to do it on. And I'll tell you what, if gambling were legal in California, I would be doing the same. That's what I'm putting my money on. I love Jalen Hurts to win MVP for this year. I like that. I like that. Where is he at in odds? I'm sure he's pretty high, but where is uh, where does he sit in the MVP betting odds? He's plus 1,200, fifth best odds. Fifth best odds. Okay, top five. He was obviously second last year in MVP behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, arguably could have been the MVP had he, uh, you know, I, I think we missed the last couple games of the season, right? I think that kind of right. hurt his overall yeah. numbers. And I remember we had that conversation, but uh, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Did you have another name? We always throw out like uh, an honorable mention or like a dark horse. Did you have another name that you wanted to pick or you thought maybe is a little more out there, but you think is, is worth potentially having a shot at it? Yeah, there were a few. There are a few. You know what? I'm going to go outside of the I'm going to go outside of the quarterback conversation for this one. Oh. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Wow. I'm going to go Justin Jefferson for this one. I think it's very easy to throw the quarterback the quarterbacks in this conversation because MVP has kind of become a quarterback's award. But if we're talking outside of the quarterback position, Justin Jefferson, skill set wise, production wise has all of the means of production to be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. So I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. He is deep down there. I mean, he is plus 10,000 to win the MVP right now at Vegas, but that's expected because it's a, it's kind of a quarterback award now. Um, but if there's a guy that could upset any quarterback to win this one, I think it could be Justin Jefferson. Yeah, we'd have to see a level of volume uh, statistically that we've never seen at the wide receiver position. I think for any of these guys to get consideration and that sucks, like frankly, like they should be able to get more consideration by just being very, very good. Uh, but like we're, we would need like 140 receptions, you know, obviously over 2000 receiving yards, you know, 12 touchdowns. And then you could throw him in the MVP conversation. He still might not even win it, but I love that pick because you're right. If there is a non quarterback on offense who 
has the best shot of being an MVP, it's probably Justin Jefferson. It'd be my pick. So I like that. And uh, I like that. And I like that comment, Michael, where you said the cup should have got it because we talked about the hall of the, the all time record setting yeah. season a couple of years ago, the Cooper cup have, and he, he, he could have definitely been in that conversation. That's like, that's a great example there. Yeah. A great example. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper pick, and it's not much of a sleeper because he's won an MVP already, but don't sleep on Lamar Jackson as an MVP mm. candidate this year. Because yeah. this very much feels like with the, with the bounce back, with the new offense in Baltimore, he could have a huge season. And we know the type of gaudy numbers that Lamar can put up. So a crazy year like that could certainly warrant an MVP, another MVP for him. So that was the other name I wrote down. I love it. I love that one. I, I want to know what's what Caesars is smoking to be honest with you, Caesar Sportsbook, um, because they have Matt Ryan as plus eight plus eight thousand to win the MVP right now, over Christian I, McCaffrey and Jimmy Garoppolo. Someone should, someone should let I, them know. I, I someone should let them know that he's not he, <laughs> he's not around anymore. He's not playing Jesus. anymore. I just what do saw they have that Tom Brady. Is he is Tom Brady plus five hundred? I mean Jesus. I mean I, I I just had to mention that because I was like. Well, this is that. ridiculous. So, yeah, okay. I love that. Cool. By the way, Michael adding in Herbert is my MVP candidate. That's a great pick. Justin that Herbert. Is a great pick. What's his so. odds real quick before we move past MVP? Um, Herbert has a uh, fourth best odds at 1100 plus 11 fourth best. Okay. That's it. So. I like that. I like that pick. It's a great pick, Michael. Yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year. Mitch, you correctly predicted the offensive player of the year last year. I want to give you some credit. You picked Justin Jefferson as the as the preseason pick last year. I had Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yikes. That didn't turn out very well. Uh, but offensive player of the year in 2023, Mitch, who is your pick this year? I think we see a repeat. I think we see a repeat. I'm going back-to-back offensive players of the years for Justin Jefferson. Okay. Um, he has second best odds. Right, Actually, he's tied for first best odds right now at plus 1,200. Um like I said, for all the reasons that he could win MVP, it's the same reasons apply for offensive player of the year. I mean, this guy is just something special. Our generations, Jerry Rice. I love, love, love Justin Jefferson. And I think that he is um, in a really great position with not much changing around him to be um, a, a repeat candidate for offensive player of the year. I like that. I mean, yeah, extremely talented. He's going to get a lot of targets in that Minnesota offense, as he should. Certainly going to be up there. Uh, Mitch, my pick, though, speaking with my theme of being high on Cincinnati and buying in on the Bengals, I'm going with Jamar Chase as my mm. offensive player of the year uh, pick, who uh, had a fantastic rookie season, 1,400 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns, and dipped back last year, played in only 12 games, still received over a thousand yards with 87 receptions and nine touchdowns, but had a quote unquote down year uh, comes back now. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that Jamar Chase is primed for a huge, huge season. And if the Bengals are as successful as I think they will be, he will be the narrative pick for offensive player of the year. So give me Jamar Chase. I mean, staying on brand, Dallin. I love it. If you're anything, you're consistent. You're staying with the Bengals yeah. here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because this is definitely a guy that could emerge as the guy that, you know, when we talk about who's the best wide receiver in, in all of football, it could be a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase conversation by the end of the year. Absolutely. 
Love, love, love the pick. He is tied with Justin Jefferson for first best odds okay. uh, at Vegas with plus 1,200. So. Wow, I didn't know. Okay, so we both we picked both the favorites, I guess, for that one, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. The other name that I thought of, and I'm going to be honest, Mitch, I almost picked this player, but I, wanted, but I feel like I want to go with the Bengals stuff, so I didn't. But Garrett Wilson is my yes, dark horse. Yes, I thought of him too. Okay, perfect. Because perfect. with Aaron Rodgers there in obviously how good he was as a rookie already, you know the talent is there. The targets will be there. Rodgers is going to put him in great positions. Just the preseason glimpses we've gotten of him and Rodgers is enough to be is to get me convinced that Garrett Wilson is going to end the season as a top five wide receiver. So I am all in on Garrett Wilson this year, and I would not be shocked if he was the offensive player of the year. So I love that. I love that because that is the exact other name that I was thinking about as a dark horse is Garrett Wilson. Love, <laughs> love, love that pick. Plus 2,000 right now is the sixth best odds in Vegas Dang. to win um, Offensive Player of the Year. Dallin, as we move on to the Defensive Player of the Year, also big names right at the top. Um, let, let's start with you, Dallin. Where, where are you going with Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, um, you know, this is uh, this is kind of a tough one. I'm going with the guy who I picked as my dark horse last year, a guy who burst onto the scene as one of the best defensive players in the league and seems like one of those names that's going to win one sooner rather than later. Maybe it's not a question of if, but when. Maybe this is the year for him and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going Micah Parsons as my defensive player mm-hmm. of the year pick. Yeah, I mean, I love that. He's plus 450 right now. The best odds in Vegas to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I've already claimed him as the next Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Just that talented of a guy. Size, speed, athleticism, uh, knows for the football. Uh, Micah Parsons is the complete package, and I I don't think you can go wrong with Micah Parsons. Back-to-back second-place finishes in Defensive Player of the Year voting. Back-to-back seasons, he's only been in the league for two years. So, yes, that includes his rookie year. So, yes. yeah, I mean, it makes sense why he's top of the list of odds, you know? Yes. Oh, oh no, it 100% makes sense. Um, I'm going to go in the same kind of vein as you. I'm going edge guy. I'm going TJ Watt. TJ yeah. Watt you know, almost broke the sack record. Um. The guy I think is better than his brother. I think he's better than JJ. Maybe doesn't have the kind of physical prowess that JJ does, but he has certain intangibles and certain athleticism that JJ just didn't have. TJ Watt is an absolute monster on the edge. Um, And I think has been um, disrespected over the last few years because you get the new hot, you have the established guys like his brother. When he when uh, when TJ came to the year came in the league, JJ was there. You have the new hotness of Micah Parsons coming in. Um, you know you have Miles Garrett that's still there. The Bosa brothers. Everyone's talking about this. No one's talking about TJ Watt. Give TJ Watt the award, the award he deserves. I mean, the guy might break the sack record. I think he's been in the league for like four or five years, and he already is at seventy three sacks in his career. So like. Over 70 sacks in his career. I mean, the guy has just been an absolute monster. Um, I, I'm going TJ Watt, third best odds in Vegas right now, at plus 800. 
Yeah, you know, TJ won it in 2021. Last year, uh, didn't stay healthy the full year, played just 10 games. I think he had just five and a half sacks. Uh, but could definitely be a bounce back year for TJ where he puts himself in that conversation again uh, to win that award. That was uh, your pick last year, by the way, for defense play of the year. My pick was uh, Miles Garrett. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, I do have a, I do have a sleeper, though, on this yeah. one. Ahmad Gardner. Give me sauce. sauce. OK, I knew Sa- it. Sauce at, at the fifth best odds, plus fourteen hundred. Big interception year for sauce coming up. I could feel it. I could feel it. Yeah. I actually went with a corner as my dark horse as well, because I do think it's much more difficult for a corner to get the award. You have to get at least six interceptions, but more likely eight. And if you get six, you got to have a bunch of other crazy counting stats to be in consideration, like when Stefan Gilmore won it a few years ago. But uh, I'm going to go with Pat Sertan, one of the guys I'm high on, one of the guys I think is going to merge this year. First time all pro last year could make a huge leap this year. Uh, Pat Sertan is my pick, my dark horse pick for defensive uh, player of the year. I love that. I love that. So seems like he's ready to turn the corner. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitch offensive rookie of the year. Let's go to the rookie awards and we'll start on offense last year. uh, I picked Drake London and you picked Sky Moore uh, in this. So not great selections from either of us. Not great. Not great. Not great. But a chance for redemption here. I'm not going to lie, Mitch. I kind of hated picking the rookie ones this year. I didn't have that much fun. They weren't that exciting to me. I didn't feel like I had very spicy things, very spicy takes on like who was going to win these and like any outside guys. Uh, My pick for this is Bryce Young. I'm going Bryce Young. I think it's going to be a quarterback. One of these quarterbacks is going to win enough and play enough that they'll just win the award as we see them do. Uh, so I think if it is a quarterback, I think the Panthers are maybe most set up to have immediate success as opposed to Houston or Indianapolis. So I went with Bryce young. Maybe it's a Homer pick. I didn't even feel great about it, but, uh, yeah, I I didn't love anybody else. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to see, and I went Bijan and I wasn't feeling confident about anyone else. I mean, yeah, like, I guess that one is just feels ob- more, more by obvious, the way, I guess, you know, but yeah, yeah. yeah and they're, Bichon and they're the, good. they're the top two uh, in odds right now. Bijan at plus two fifty, Bryce Young at plus four twenty five. You know, it, those are the two clear ones. I guess you could throw Anthony Richardson maybe as mm-hmm. um, one of those guys, if things go right. Um, and he is what we think he's going to be, then you could throw him right into that conversation. But yeah, kind of an unexciting offensive rookie of the year because there's clear standouts in this class. There's yeah. just clear standouts. Um, when you have those quarterbacks that are, and again, every <laughs> award is so weighted to quarterbacks. If they play a full season and throw 25 touchdowns, they're going to be in consideration or yeah, probably yeah. win it. Even if Bijan runs for 1200 yards and 12 touchdowns, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird like that. And so that's, where I think, yeah, I was thrown off. But I, I'm sure, who's your sleeper, though? Dark Horse sleeper? Who are you thinking? My, shout out to Michael, because he actually named my sleeper here, a Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Is, is, okay. So shout shout out to Mike. Maybe uh, maybe we're on good terms now. You're, you're starting to think the right way, young man. Yeah. We're, we're going in the right direction. I love Zay Flowers. I think that he's a, he's a great fit for where he's at. And tons and tons and tons of talent. Um could be one of those guys that out of the wide receiver class where there were some clear guys at the top could be one of those guys. That's a sleeper one that sneaks in and gets offensive rookie of the year. 
Yeah, I, I struggled with the wide receivers uh, just because of all their situations as rookies. Not a clear path to having a ton of targets, but if there was one that stands out the most uh, to have big numbers as a rookie, it's Zay Flowers to me, so I like that pick. I went with Jameer Gibbs. Not a yeah, that's a good dark one. horse, but you know, I think with the way the Lions want to actually use him, he might have a huge volume and at the end of the season could have some very high counting stats that puts him up there, makes him hard to pass on. So I think Jameer yeah. Gibbs could definitely be in the conversation. I love it. I love it, Dallin. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year odds. Right now, we got some guys. We got four guys above plus 1,000, which is really just unprecedented. I think that the odds right now, the defensive rookie of the year conversation is really, really tight because I think there's a duff, a ton of different uh, possibilities of what could happen. I'm, I'm curious to know where you went because when we look at this list, of the top five, as far as odds go, all three of them are on the defensive front. And then we got two cornerbacks. So I'm, I'm curious to know where uh, your mind went when talking, when thinking about where the defensive rookie of the year uh, award might land at the end of this year. Well, this is the one I actually hated the most. Um, oh, really? There okay. was nobody that stood out to me as like, yes, this is the guy. I went with Will Anderson, which sucks. He was the first defensive player drafted. He's the first edge off the board. You know, he's in Houston, a horrible team who, you know, he's going to get playing time on. So I ended up at Will Anderson and I didn't feel great about it, but I looked at the list of rookies and there just wasn't a guy on there that stood out that either won a starting job, frankly, you know, to head into this season or even has a path to getting a ton of playing time because ultimately these awards are as much about playing time as they are just talent uh, because you've got to have the counting stats. You got to play a lot. And so Will Anderson's going to play a lot on that Houston Texans defense. So I think he could get double digit sacks and end up winning the award. So it sucks. I went with Will Anderson. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. There's nothing wrong with that. You actually took the betting favorite, Will Anderson, plus 300. So, of course, there's, I'm there's just nothing... all the favorites. This is what I'm saying. I was like, I thought I had not that I thought Will Anderson was a sleeper, but I think of my picks thinking, oh, I'm not I'm not too chalky here. And then I looked at the odds and I was like, and, oh, my God. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. I'm I'm going to so. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Okay. And I'm not going any one of the top five. In fact, I don't even know what his betting odds are because I can't find him on the list. But when you look at the defense around him and the opportunity that's going to open up around him to make plays, I'm going Mossy Smith, defensive tackle at from the Dallas Cowboys out of Michigan. Yeah. 26th or 27th overall pick, excuse me, uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going there because when you look at what's going to be opened up around him, the comp that everything's going to be focused on protecting the edges. Everything's going to be focused on, you know, making sure that the secondary is going to be exploited in its best possible sense. Mozzie Smith's going to be playing in the middle and there's going to be, there's not going to be a whole lot there to stop him. He has the opportunity to be there and be a huge contributor to this defense and the pass rush and the run stopping. And it's, I know it's a stretch to take him, but I'm going to, I'm going to stake my flag on Mozzie Smith to be my defensive rookie of the year. I like it. I like, it. you know, certainly uh, he's going to 
not get as much attention as Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence along the defensive line. So perhaps more opportunity for him to make plays. Uh, I like that. I like that pick. Uh, Michael chime in and I like the guy on the Eagles. You're thinking of Jalen Carter. I'm assuming you're thinking of Jalen Carter, who was selected at number 10. He's the former Georgia defensive lineman. I think Carter, the, the, I obviously extremely talented, extremely, extremely talented, but it's such a deep defensive line that relies on their veterans so much that I wonder what the role he's going to have in this team, but certainly a guy who's already broken into the starting lineup. So he's going to have opportunity. I like, I like that pick in Jalen Carter, Mitch uh, for a dark horse on this though. My dark horse, I'm going with the corner. I'm going to manual Forbes. Out of Mississippi mm. State, playing for the Washington Commanders, won the outside starting job for a Commanders defense, a secondary that is so bad. He's going to get targeted a lot. And it's either going to mean he's going to get roasted, toasted, or he's going to end up with a bunch of picks because he's going to get the ball thrown at him a lot. And I'm, I guess, banking on more of the latter, and he ends up with like four or five picks and a finalist for defensive rookie of the year. So I'm going Emmanuel Forbes for that one. I love that. And I, you know, I'm going dark too. And I'm going second round. I'm going a second round draft pick here. I'm going Javon Dexter out of Florida for the Chicago bears. My Mm. Chicago bears opportunities to play, be productive in that defense. We know the defense needed to be rebuilt. Uh, They went and they got a great, great prospect in Javon Dexter out of Florida. Um, Kind of a little bit under, he's, he's, he's a more athletic build for his size, right? He's six, six, three ten. The guy's an athletic build for his position um, and his size, but darn it. Does the deep, does the Chicago bears front four need help? And I think they got a really good one in Javon Dexter. So the second round pick out of Florida is who I'm going with as my dark horse. I like it, Mitch. I like it. That leaves us with one last category to Pick uh, coach of the year. Who will win coach of the year in the NFL this year? Uh, last year, our picks, you had Brandon Staley. Yikes. Uh, That's so a- <laughs> I'm going to give you some credit because your dark horse was Nick Sirianni so, and Dan Campbell. So well done by you there. Those were two okay. very good picks. Now, I know Brian Dable, right, is I'm pretty sure who won coach of the year this last year. Yes. Uh, if I remember right. And I'm going to pull this up. Yeah, Brian Dable uh, won it last year. But I think both those were very good picks. I had Kevin O'Connell as my pick last year. So coach of the year heading into this season, Mitch, who is your pick? Shout out to Michael, by the way, saying, uh, I'm sorry to hear you're a Bears fan. Um, yeah, it is unfortunate, Michael. Uh, we don't recommend it to anyone else out there, but it's uh, it's, it's no way to live your life. It's no way to it's live the your path life. he's chosen. <laughs> but I'm I'm all in. I, I love my Bears. I love my Bears. If I'm anything, yeah. I'm loyal and consistent. Okay, there you go. If I'm anything. Um, look, when it comes to coach of the year, I think there's plenty of great options. Um, my, my favorite pick when thinking about this was Dan Campbell, um, because I think that this could be a playoff team. I am going to go though to, uh, uh, an old classic and I'm going with the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, oh. I'm going Mike Tomlin to win coach of the year. Um, I think that he has got this team. I think we talked about it. I think that he is the best head coach in football outside of Bill Belichick right now. And Bill Belichick might not even be the best head coach in football anymore. I mean, I, I, Mike Tomlin 
does gets the most out of his rosters more so than anyone else in the entire national football league. And I think that he could potentially lead this Steelers team to a playoff run. Um, if everything goes right. And I think if there's anyone that is up to the task of doing that, Mike Tomlin is the man for the job. So I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin to pull the upset and get coach of the year. I like that Mitch Tomlin for coach of the year. You know, this is uh this is a guy. Now this is a guy uh, who's never won coach of the year, Mitch. That's a shame. That is an never- absolute tragedy. One coach of the year, despite literally never having a losing record as a head coach has never won coach of the year. So I guess it's a great pick because at a certain point, people are going to say, fuck it. We got to give him the award. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, he deserves it. It could be this year. So uh, I like I like the Tomlin pick. Uh, My pick for coach of the year. I'm going with Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, because we are both high on Atlanta. We picked, we both picked them to win the NFC South and we both picked them to win 10 games. And if they go from last place in their division to a 10 and 11 NFC South division winner, and they look really competent, he will be a huge narrative pick this next season. People are going to want to reward the progress and the leap that Atlanta made, and he will get a lot of attention and votes. So I'm going to go with Arthur Smith. My dark horse, D'Amico Ryan's. Yes. Don't sleep on the Texans. Don't sleep on D'Amico. If if they make a if the, if he has like a Dan Campbell esque year where they don't make the playoffs, but wow, they look much better than everyone expected. He's gonna get votes. He's gonna get votes. People like D'Amico Ryan's for good reason. I so. think we can both agree, and everyone listening and watching can all agree that if D'Amico Ryan's doesn't win Coach of the Year, at least he wins Most Handsome Coach of the Year. Because <laughs> that is a handsome motherfucker right there. That dude is good looking. Not I, I, I am a straight male. I have a lovely girlfriend, but damn it is D'Amico Ryan's handsome. <laughs> I love him. Um, I think my dark horse, I'm going to go with Dan Campbell again. I okay. think it's my dark yeah. horse. Um, I think that, you know, not that he was snubbed, but there were, there were plenty of good, op, you know, candidates for coach of the year last year. Um, but I think if the Lions make that 10, 11 win run, that, you know, they're probably where their ceiling is at. They hit that ceiling. That's a guy that could be in consideration for coach of the year as well. So, oh yeah, he would definitely, he's, he's a guy everyone wants to root for and likes already. So yeah, he would definitely get some respect and and earn um, some votes there. Michael chimed in. He says, I like Dan Campbell. So there you go. There you Uh, go. Agreed with that. He also said, I like Doug Peterson here too. Uh, The Jaguars. Very fair. Very fair. Very, yeah. That's a that's a great pick uh, for that. He was third in coach of the year voting last season after the good year that Jacksonville had. So perhaps another step forward, 12 wins. I like that pick. So uh, that that's it for our award pick predictions, Mitch. I feel pretty confident in those. I think those are all going to come true. I think, well, I don't know about my defense. <laughs> History says they don't. So we'll just oh, see. Of course we'll not. see. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. But Dallin, it is time. It is time. It is time. We have been waiting since Super Bowl last year, last or this earlier this year, I guess, February to get into our quick picks. That was the last time we made a quick pick here on this show. It is back week one, a segment we have done since our very first NFL season together, the quick picks are back 
could not be more excited. Dallin, you're coming off a second consecutive losing season. Yes. Um, or second place season, I should say. You didn't, you weren't losing record. It is. Well, it's a loss because we go head to head. So, yes, back to back L's in the quick picks. But it's a brand new year for you. Clean slate. You get to start over again. And it's your, it's your chance to redeem yourself and bury me, I guess. Um, last year we went, uh, last year I went 163, 108 and two down went 148, 122 and two, just to remind people how this works. We are going to pick each game, each winner. Um, we get a win, we get a loss in the event of a tie, a tie will go on our record. So we do not, uh, take a penalty technically for the tie. We both incur the same sort of. Um, mark on our merits um, by also receiving the tie. So, Dallin, do you want to kick us off this year? Do you want I'll to do, do the? Do you want to do the honors this year? It would be my pleasure to Let's start do us off in these NFL quick picks, and we start with Thursday night football. Mitch coming up in two days. Well, again, we're live on Tuesday, Thursday night the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs hosting last year's darling, the Detroit Lions, the fighting Dan Campbells, Kansas City favored in this game, minus five. No Travis Kelsey. That was the news that broke today. And uh, as a result, the line moved. It was minus six and a half this morning. It's minus five now, but that does not shake my faith in Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs to start off their Super Bowl defense run with a win at home. I'm taking Kansas City. I forgot to change the hat. And if I win this week, this will be my lucky picking hat. I will stick with this hat. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> I, look, I love this game. I think it's going to be a tight matchup. Kansas City right now favored minus six and a half. I like the Chiefs over the Lions, though, in a tight one. I'm not sure the Chiefs cover. I think the Lions play them tight. But give me the Chiefs at home against the Lions. Following that game down, we're going to head over to your claim as the greatest city in Ohio, Cleveland. Cleveland, they are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burr, the Tiger King, Joe Shiesty, heading over to Cleveland to take on the Browns. I got a, the Browns right now favored minus two and a half. I'm going to take, or sorry, the Bengals favored right now minus a two and a half. I'm going to take the Bengals in this one um, in a, in a cakewalk over the Browns on the road. Give me the Bengals. Yeah. I'm taking Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. You got to believe I'm taking them on the road in Cleveland. Are you kidding me? Bring the skyline chili. Cincinnati gets it done on the road. Mitch, following that, another AFC North team, the Baltimore Ravens, starting off their season hosting C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. A tough way to start your career, young man, against a vaunted Baltimore Ravens defense, a Baltimore Ravens team on the road in that stadium. Good luck, C.J. Stroud. Give me Baltimore at home. They're favored in this game, minus 10, Mitch. They are probably going to cover that and then some. Give me the Ravens. Baltimore by a million. They cover they cover by a million. Give <laughs> me Baltimore over Houston at home. Following that game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are leaving the state of Florida to head up to 
the very tippy top of the Midwest to head over to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings right now favored at minus six and a half. Give me the Vikings at home. I like the Vikes in this one. I like this Vikes team. I think that they uh, were the defense struggled. The offense really made up for it last year. I think that they turned this around. This might be a really good Vikings team. I like the Vikes at home over the Bucks. Yeah, no belief in Tampa Bay, Sands, Tom Brady. Uh, I do have belief in Minnesota at home in this one, favored by six. Give me the Vikings. Mitch, NFC North matchup. My Carolina Panthers headed uh, to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Should be a fun matchup. I would love to believe that Bryce Young and my Panthers head into week one and walk out with a victory. But I'm not taking them. I'm I'm not taking them because I want to win this quick picks. I don't pick with the heart. I pick with the head. Give me Atlanta at home on this one. I hope I'm right. You know what? I'm right there with you, buddy. Give me Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons in hot Atlanta. Taking on the Carolina Panthers. I love this one, and I love them to cover as well. Um, by the way, Michael, thank you for quick picking with us, buddy. Stick yes. with us. Keep on quick picking with us. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals, they are leaving the District of the Southwest to head over to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Commanders. Commanders right now favored by seven. Arizona is such a hot mess that a year ago, I might have taken Arizona. Right now, no way in hell. Give me the Washington Commanders to cover at home over the Cardinals. Mitch, I think this is the first edition of Garbage Game of the Week. The Garbage Game of the Week for the 2023 season. So Let let's it play. hear it. This is, just, this is just hot garbage. Straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. Absolutely. It's, it's garbage, garbage, garbage. Game of the Week. Commanders and Cardinals. Sam Howell versus Josh Dobbs. Uh, this is, there's no Terry McLaurin. There's no Kyler Murray. There's like, I mean, it's going to be, uh, not a fun game. Don't watch this one. Avoid it. If you can, I'm going Washington favorite at home by seven. Uh, yeah. Give me the commanders to get, uh, to get this one done, Mitch. Yes, absolutely. The Jaguars, they are leaving the swamps of Jacksonville. And they're headed to Indianapolis to take on Anthony Richardson in the Colts. No Jonathan Taylor. He's sitting on the pup list. Jim Irsay celebrating his wonderful leadership. Uh, Jacksonville favored by five on the road. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags cover. They get it done. Give me Jacksonville to win this one. Oh, Jags, 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 Jags. Jags all the way. <laughs> Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road over Indianapolis. I love Anthony Richardson. I love the potential of what he could be. I think that Indianapolis right now is an organizational mess. So I'm, I'm going to take Jacksonville on the road for sure. Dallin, following that game, we got San Francisco, the 49ers. They are leaving the city by the bay to head over to the Steel City, Pittsburgh, to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we just talked about Mike Tomlin being my head, being my coach of the year. Um, I don't think that we see a ton of success out of Pittsburgh this year. This week, San Francisco, a very stingy defense with or without Bosa. I think that they stay stingy. Give me San Francisco to cover um, at a minus two and a half favorite. I like San Francisco on the road. This is going to be our first disagreement 
of the quick pick season. We we were in lockstep until this point, Mitch. <laughs> but I am rolling with the Steelers at home in this Yikes. game. It's a know. close line, minus two and a half. Uh, I think Pittsburgh gets it done. The in at home helps in this one. Uh, Kenny Pickett has a good good game, and everyone gets a little excited about what Pittsburgh's going to be this year. And then maybe it comes back down to earth after that. But I'm taking Pittsburgh at home in this matchup. Mitch, the final Sunday early slate matchup here. The Tennessee Titans headed down to the Big Easy to Narlands to take on the New Orleans Saints. New quarterback, Derek Carr at the helm. Can he lead New Orleans to more success this year? I say game one, not so easy. New Orleans favored by three in this game, but I'm taking the Titans to come in on the road, surprise the Saints with a win, an ugly, low-scoring game, but Tennessee gets it done. I'm taking the Titans. And now we have our second disagreement of the <laughs> quick picks for the year. Dallin, I am taking New Orleans to cover here at minus three. Give me the Saints at home in the Big Easy. Um, I I just... I, I, don't know how to wrap my head around this Tennessee team. Cannot get behind them. Um, and I think that the Saints have enough talent to eke out a really close, low-scoring game in in New Orleans. So I'm going to take the Saints in this one. But after that round, let's kick off the afternoon slate with Las Vegas. The Raiders, they're leaving Sin City to head over to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos. Denver right now favored at minus 3.5. I'm taking the Raiders on the road. I'm taking the Raiders wow. on the road. This is a this is probably going to be my upset of the week. Um, I, the Raiders on the road. Denver just you have to show it to me. You have to show it to me. Even with Sean Payton and kind of the culture reset there, there seems to be a lot of question marks. I'm just going to take the Raiders in Week One and hope for the best. So, give me the Raiders. <laughs> Mitch loves picking the Raiders for some reason, even though they haven't really done you very well by picking them. Uh, no, you they do haven't. love to pick Vegas, which I do love here. I'm going to go with Denver at home. They start off with a good debut in the Sean Payton era at Denver. Not great. Maybe it's not super impressive, but they get by with an ugly win to start the season off 1-0, much better than they did last year. Uh, I am taking the Broncos. Following that, Mitch, the NFC champions, the representatives in the Super Bowl, Philadelphia. The Eagles headed to the Northeast to take on the Patriots in Foxborough. Eagles are favored in this game by four. Give me the Eagles in this game by at least four. Yep. Um, final score, Philly 127, New England 16. Wow. Um, give me, okay. give me, Phil, give me Philly by a lot here. I write that Philly one down matchup. folks. Yeah. Mark it down as true. <laughs> um, following that game down, we got the Rams. They're leaving the city of angels to head up to the Emerald city to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks at home. I like the Seahawks team still. I think that Geno Smith has turned a corner. I think we got a couple good years out of Geno Smith yet to see. Seahawks right now favored at home, minus five and a half. Uh, I like the Seahawks at home. Yeah, I am definitely taking Seattle in this one. I think the Rams won't be as bad as they were last year, but playing up at, uh, I was going to say CenturyLink. It's not even CenturyLink anymore. Loom no. Field. Up there in Seattle, uh, it is a tough place to play. Starting your season off up there against that Seahawks team is a difficult test. Give me Seattle to get it done uh, at home. We're going with the Seahawks in that one, Mitch. Following that, 
This might be one of the best games this week. Maybe not game of the week, but pretty damn close. You've got the Miami Dolphins headed all the way across the country to play the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Chargers favored at home, minus three in this game. I think this is a super competitive matchup, a great game, but I'm going with Miami. Give me the Dolphins to get it done on the road. I'm going with the Dolphins as well. Get it done in the City of Angels against the Chargers. I told everyone at the beginning of this year, and I told everyone at the beginning of last year, if the Chargers embarrassed me, I was done with them. They embarrassed me. I'm done with them now. No more Chargers. Give me Miami on the road over uh, Los Angeles. Dallin, the Green Bay Packers are leaving Wisconsin, and they're headed over to the Windy City to take on the Monsters of the Midway, the Chicago Bears. And I don't know how long it's been, but for for the first time and I can for for the first time in forever the Chicago Bears are a favorite to win a game <laughs> the Bears are minus 1 to win this game and you got to be goddamn crazy if you think I'm not taking my Chicago Bears <laughs> bear down give me the Chicago Bears at home in Soldier Field to get it done against the motherfucking Packers <laughs> fuck you rat people Let's go. Bear Don. No Aaron Rodgers for the first time in a long time. Michael that says is- Packers. You know what, Michael? You're, you're on my shit list again. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know, uh, I am. This is one of the games I'm most intrigued by because I'm just very curious on what Green Bay is going to look like this year with Jordan Love. I think it could look good. I think it could look not very good. Uh, I'm very curious to see how this starts off. And obviously this week one game at Chicago will be very indicative of that, but I'm rolling with the bears in this one to get it done at home. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Sunday night football, Mitch, and it's an (sighs) NFC East matchup as always. Uh, This time we've got the Dallas Cowboys headed to MetLife stadium to take on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. Dallas favored on the road, minus three and a half in this game. Not a believer in the Giants, not a believer in Daniel Jones. I think Dallas starts off this game well and wins this one in a close one. Give me the Cowboys on the road on Sunday night. I'm going with the G-Men. I'm going with the G-Men to get it done at home against Dallas. Dallas is going to have a they're going to be one of those teams that I think finish at 10. I think I had them at 10 and seven to finish the year. And they're going to win some game, win some games that are cakewalks and they're going to lose some games that they probably shouldn't lose. And I think that this is a game they shouldn't lose, but this giants team is talented enough and it's well coached enough with Brian Dable and weak Martindale um, that they're going to, the giants are going to be a problem and they're going to be a spoiler for a lot of people. So I'm going to take the giants at home in week one uh, plus three and a half. Uh, to get this one done on Sunday night. Following that game and wrapping up week one down Monday night football. Monday night football. It's back, and I could not be more excited. The Buffalo Bills, they're leaving upstate New York and heading over to the Big Apple. Actually, they're heading over to East Rutherford, New Jersey, I believe, to go take on the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills right now favorite at minus two and a half. The Jets team, this Jets team, much, much, much improved. 
But I have the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I think the Bills team is still a better, more complete team. And I think they're just slightly better coached. I'm going Buffalo. I'm not even taking them to cover. I think it's going to be a really, really close game. In fact, I think this is game of the week. This will be game of the week is Buffalo, New York on Monday Night Football. And what more could you ask for than game of the week and week one to be on Monday Night Football? Love it. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Give me the bills, though. Yeah, the NFL did so well putting this game on Monday night uh, to wrap up the first week of the NFL season. And this should be the best matchup of the week. Aaron Rodgers in New York, in the Gotham Green, taking on Josh Allen, the AFC East champions that have dominated this conference for years. Can the Jets challenge them? Can Rodgers take them over the hump, get them into the playoffs, make them a competitive franchise again? We'll find out, I guess, the beginning of this on Monday night. I'm saying the NFL script writers, they know what they're doing, Mitch. They know what they're doing. They're not letting Buffalo come to New York for this big game on Monday night in Rogers' debut in New York. And the script writers are not letting them walk out of there without Aaron Rodgers taking home the dub. It's not going to happen. The script needs it to happen. So I'm saying the Jets get it done in a thriller Game-winning field goal, uh, you know, crazy fashion, but the Jets get it done on Monday night. And and then we get to hear all next week about how the Jets are Super Bowl contenders and how the Jets are back because they beat the Bills in one game. And I'm going to hate it. But I'm just saying it now. It's what we're going to be doing. And uh, I'm not Ah, looking forward to it. So I'm taking J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. ESPN's going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, they're going to be so horny for it. They're ready. On Tuesday morning, ESPN. Don't even watch ESPN. It's going to be a (laughs) fucking nightmare to hear them just absolutely just, uh, you know, get all all jacked up and horny over the Jets. I'm going (laughs) to hate it. I'm going to hate it. Just let's yep. be realistic one time for yep. him, will you? Yeah. But there you go. That's the quick fix. Oh, my goodness. Mitch, <sighs> it feels, doesn't it feel good to be back? And just so and we're back, baby. We're back, baby. Let's go. We're back. I love it. Oh, oh that felt so man. good. It was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. It feels. And, and just, and, and thank you to everyone that stuck with us through the entire offseason. We are back to football season. We love the. We love the longtime listeners. We love the new listeners. Um, even though Michael's a schmuck and he keeps commenting stupid things that I don't agree with. No, and that's, that's it. Then I, but I still love him. I still love him because he's a part of the conversation. But thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us through the offseason. We are back to what we know best, which is ball, baby. We're back yes. to ball. Yeah, Michael, that was not PG. Uh, We do put the explicit uh, tag on this podcast uh, in case you're wondering. So we do warn the people ahead of time. Oh, yeah. No, we never Uh, claim to be PG. Yeah. No, we never never, claim to be PG. Never fully. Mostly family friendly. You know, the occasional (laughs) the occasional wayward uh, wayward route. And then we come back to reality. And and Michael, Uh, you're the man. Sorry, you're the man. I I, I, I was just talking a little shit. I was just talking a little shit. You're good. Yeah, we appreciate you interacting. And we appreciate all of you joined us tonight for episode 176. The NFL season is upon us. Thursday night football coming up again in just a few days. And uh, yeah, fun to do all of the previews that we've done in the last three weeks. Mitch getting ready for this season. I couldn't feel more ready. Fo- I, as you can see, as if you're watching on my on my little title here, uh, football is my life now. That's what it feels like. I've transitioned 
football is life for the next four or five months till the Super Bowl's over or whatever. Like I'm in now and uh, there's no going back and it feels great. Any plans for Thursday night football? Any plans? Uh, well, no, because my wife flies in on Thursday night oh. and uh, I'm pretty sure she's messing up the game. And I had to tell her, I was like, listen, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not super happy about it. I wish the timing was different, <laughs> but it's good. It'll work out. Yeah. I'll watch whatever I can of it. Uh, but yeah, probably nothing too crazy. But uh, oh, what about you? No, I uh, I got home yesterday from the grocery store and realized that, oh my gosh, Thursday's the first game. I knew that. I just, it just like clicked in my head finally. And I was like, I came home and I asked Kenzie, I was like, um, can you make your wings on Thursday night so we can mm. have wings for football? And if you aren't following us on the Instagram, Follow us on the Instagram at the Sports Hour guys on Instagram um, because I did a wing review there and she makes just about perfect wings. So um, I, we're doing wings and football on Thursday night, man. We're doing Hell wings yeah. and football. It's going to be awesome. And I, I'm so excited. Cannot wait for Thursday night to get here. Cannot wait. Yes. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys for joining again. If you, uh, if you don't already, uh, if you're not joining us live every Tuesday, you will want to throughout the season. This is what we'll be doing uh, every week. Quick picks, the campus tour, week recap in the NFL season, plus all the news and notes around the world that uh, you want to know about. So stay locked in with us. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at Sports Hour Guys, or on YouTube.com slash the Sports Hour Guys. Subscribe there, and you can join us live every Tuesday and be a part of the conversation comment like Michael did. We do want to hear from you Want you guys to be a part of this just as much as we are. So we'd invite you to do that. Uh, Mitch, what about the other socials? Yeah, I, actually, Michael just asked a question. Do we have a discord? No, we do not have a discord. Um, no discord. But something to think about. And yeah. But I, in the meantime, you should absolutely reach out to us um, on the Instagram, on the on the X is that how we say it? The X? I don't it's, know how. It's just X, I guess. I don't know. Reach out to us there. You can get <laughs> us there. But absolutely, Michael, thank you for the recommendation. Discord, something to think about. Um, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, though. If you're listening to this in podcast form, get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get it, look up the Sports Hour guys. You'll find us. We'll be there. Get on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating review. Tell us that we suck. Because Dallin, that is the only way that we can get better. <sighs> Guys, it is the only way that we could get better. Michael, tell us that. we suck really quick before the for the people. Tell us we <laughs> just, suck. Just type in the chat. You guys suck. Uh, be better. And uh, we'll try to do that for next time. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, next week, uh, for those that aren't familiar with the flow of how our NFL season podcast will go that you'll expect the campus tour every week, our college football recap and look ahead. You'll expect our uh, a week recap for the NFL, as well as the quick picks for the next week. And we're also going to continue to have the fun, the immaculate grids, the who the hell is that the top fives. We'll mix all yes. of that in there, but you can expect the campus tour, the quick picks, the NFL week recaps every Tuesday right here on the YouTube, on the X and on your podcast feeds. Yes, absolutely. Expect all of it. And thank you, Michael. Thank it's you. about damn time. It's about damn time. Thank you. Top fan. Top fan of the year goes to Michael. Fan of the year. Fan it's of what the we year. were Love waiting it. for. That's all we needed. Now we can wrap it up. 
There we go. Until next time, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will catch you next week. So long, everybody. And a very pleasant good evening to you. Wherever you may be. See ya!